it's been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by Hey guys, welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. This is Justin over here in LA. I've got a uh, crazy dog named Norman right next to me going nuts. And then we've got Mike over in London. What's up, bro? I mean, hard for me to follow Norman, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just destroying the bed right now. Norm's just laying on the bed, going nuts, ripping the sheets up, trying to tap me, trying to get my attention. I love it. Little behind the scenes dog owner to start the pot. I'm not mad at it. You know what? I'll even take a picture that, that maybe I'll post. Oh wow. I love that. This is some this is some prime content, folks. <laughs> I'll post it on the Patreon. If you want to join the Patreon, it's a lot of fun. Check it out. You've got you've got dog pics on there. What more do you want for a dollar a month? Come on. The greatest dog, honestly. He he loves the toy that you and Karina got him. A dinosaur toy. But you know what? We're not talking about dinosaurs today. We're talking about bats. We're talking about Batman, baby. Top five Batman movies. It's a big topic. Big topic. You know, big, big release just happened. The Batman. With with Robert Pattinson, of course. And uh, Zoe Kravitz. An unrecognizable Colin Farrell. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Just just to lay out this ridiculous cast, we've got Paul Dano, we've got Jeffrey Wright, we've got Andy Serkis, Peter Sarsgaard. Who else am I missing? I'll say, oh, John Turturro. John Turturro. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But a great cast. And yeah, it's it's forever. It's three hours long. It's directed by Matt Reeves. Obviously, our first outing with Pattinson as, as Batman. But yeah, we were going to do it as our spotlight today. I guess it still kind of is the way we're talking about it. But we're doing our favorite Batman films. This is included in the pool. And given just the incredible reviews it's gotten and the way people have been talking about it, Mike and I haven't compared lists, but there's a good chance that it's at least on one of our lists. And so we are going to save it for the episode. And if somehow it does not end up on one of our lists... We will talk about it at the end, but it's gained a lot of hype. It's, you know, one of the one of the most successful of the DC films, I believe, in a long time. It's a big one. The only thing I want to say about it now, and then I think we should jump right into our lists. Yes. And this is a little bit full circle, honestly, is so I went to go see the Batman. It was at like seven and I was like, oh, is there anything that's playing that I can get a little double feature in here? You know, that'll be over by the time it starts. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I can make it work with was Doc. That Channing oh Tatum movie. Oh, my God. Yes. Just big shout out to dogs in general. Full circle with Norman. Wow. So I saw Dog and I saw the Batman. And I have to tell you, Town, it happened. Third time ever, empty theater. What? In the Batman. No. Not in Dog. In the Batman. <laughs> Yes, I have lost my mind. It was so wow. crazy. It was the biggest screen they had, completely empty. Completely I empty. I don't know what, what time. 
7 p.m. No. What day of the week? Tuesday. I that's still that's crazy. There was more people in dog at 4:40. Oh my god! And and you know what? Since we're here, you got to tell us how was dog. You know the thing about dog is it is literally exactly what it tells you it's going to be and nothing more. So like, you know, don't be mad at it. That's that's my thing. It's like you know the dog has trauma. Channing Tatum has trauma. They're both ex army, and you know, wouldn't you know it? Maybe they help each other out. And, and it's it's got dogs in it. It kind of sounds like it's kind of enjoyable, which is what the, the reviews have been saying. Just don't expect too much. And I think, you know, I love Channing Tatum. It's got Ethan Supley in there. I mean, it's got a dog. Dog's one of the main characters. This sounds like a recipe for a good time, in my opinion. Road movie, buddy movie. Oh. You know, they hit all the road movie things. You know what I mean? Like, it's you could do a lot worse. I, I'm not going to hate on it. You've sold me. I honestly kind of think they marketing wise mess themselves up by just calling it dog terrible name yeah terrible name not because i mean we all love dogs and that was probably their their thinking behind it but it almost was too generic like you have no sense of what any bit of the movie's about and no. so like yeah. another name i feel like this would have done better but either which way you know, I've got the the AMCA list, which they don't pay me to promote it, but you should sign up for it. It's unbelievable. It's like $24 a month, unlimited movies, three a week. But I mean, that's essentially unlimited. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, with A-list, I'll, I'll gladly go see Doug. Okay. Gladly. All right. This has been one hell of a start to an episode. It really uh, has been. We've got Norm. We've got Doug. We didn't talk about the Batman because we're talking about all the Batmans. I think we need to jump in. I think we do as well. Okay. You want to start us off with your number five Batman movie? I absolutely will. And that movie is 1995's Batman Forever. Okay. All right. Not not on my list. Wow. Okay. So, well, then I'm, I'm very happy about that. Batman Forever came out in 95. One of two Batman films directed by Joel Schumacher. This is the only Batman film starring Val Kilmer as Batman. We've also got Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, Jim Carrey as the Riddler, and we have Nicole Kidman in here. We have, of course, Chris O'Donnell introduced as Robin. We have a bit smaller role for Drew Barrymore. It's, it's a good good little cast. There's even John Favreau even sneaks his way in here for a hot second. Oh, I didn't even know that. Very, very quick sneak in. And so, yeah, pretty much I rewatched almost all of the Batman films uh, this past week. I didn't get a few of the earliest ones that I just couldn't find on like the platforms to watch movies, but I got most, I at least got all of them starting with 89's Batman going forward. And, and I saw clips of the earlier ones. So, which of course, you know, I'm going to be dead honest. If those are going to appear on a list, they're going to be Mike's. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving him the reins. But Batman Forever, man, it stood out to me for multiple reasons. One, from my childhood, it's the most memorable one. And I'm, I'm counting my childhood as my younger years, my, you know, my preteen years. Two, I think Val Kilmer does not, I think he does a decent job as Batman. I think between, if I'm going 90s Batman, and I've got Clooney, I've got Kilmer, and I've got Keaton. For me, 
we're just I'm jumping into some discussions right here. Wow. Clooney's my weakest. Not a big fan of Clooney as the Batman. Keaton, I think, is pretty good. But I think Kilmer's good, too. I, th- I think they're different. And it's tough because I maybe like Keaton a little more as Bruce Wayne. Maybe. But Kilmer, I think, is the better Batman. Anywho, I'm torn on the whole thing. But it's the most memorable to me because of the villains. And just sort of, it's the it's got this very, it does have a bit of a campy atmosphere. Not as campy as Batman and Robin, which is a bit over the, over the line for me personally. Although I do love Alicia Silverstone in that one. But Tommy Lee Jones is iconic as Two-Face. To me, it's like the most memorable Two-Face of any of the, any of the films. Jim Carrey is, I mean, this is in peak Jim Carrey time. So he kills it as the Riddler. I mean, it's always nice to have our girl Nicole Kidman in there, you know, Mike? Check out our Nicole Kidman episode. For sure. She's getting a lot of shout outs lately. Yeah, <laughs> she's had a lot of shout outs as she deserves. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun movie. Look, all of these to me, 89 through 97, those four films, they all fall within a similar how would I say it? A similar uh, tone, similar sort of slightly campy tone, sort of this very 90s. And for me, this one hits the mark best where I I can have the rewatchability to a degree still even now. Um, I love some of the set pieces in this. I think they go through quite a few set pieces that are fun, just like all the colors of it. And like sometimes like the bad guys and like the fucking glow outfits sort of and I don't know. I, I just think that this one, it's it's a fun time. It's not like like a couple of these movies to me now rewatching. I'm like, these are fucking bad. And that doesn't mean I'm not down to watch them or that I'm not having somewhat of a fun time. But a couple of them I'm like these are bad, like these did not age well. And while this may not have aged amazingly, I think of those four, it aged the best for me. So I like this one. Batman okay. Forever. Batman Forever. I don't like this one, but it pains me that I don't like it watching it because I love Nicole Kidman. I think she's she's great in this role, but she has no character. Her entire role in this is to want to fuck Batman, and she has no other personality besides that. When she's on screen, it's still great somehow, but like they did not do her justice. I actually agree with you on that point in that I think while I while I love Nicole... And I, as I've already said, I I don't, I never think it's a bad thing to see her in a movie. She is the weakest link in the sense of that her story is completely irrelevant. Exactly. That I will give you. That I will give you. And I love the introduction of Robin. I think Chris O'Donnell is a, is a great Robin. Great Robin. I love that we get, you know, he gets his backstory. We get, we get a little bit of that. Um, And then we get to see him, you know, for, I think the back half of the movie, really as like sort of a member of the team. And I love all that stuff. So when those things are happening, I'm in. I just think this movie, and you kind of hit on it, it's like it has a weird identity where like half the movie is about Val Kilmer's trauma and the other half is like Jim Carrey going full Jim Carrey. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it just doesn't work. It doesn't fit together as a film. And I, I don't necessarily mind either of those things separately, but like it's a very confusing experience. And I I'm not a big fan. Let me just say that. You know what? I think that you are wrong, but I respect it. We are not going to agree about a single Batman movie. That's almost guaranteed. That is almost guaranteed, although that makes me just even more 
I just don't even want to spoil it. I just I want to just preface to everyone. It's been a long running thing on the pod that Mike does not or at least claimed to not like the Dark Knight trilogy. And he was saying he had to give it a rewatch because he back then admitted to being maybe a bit of a curmudgeon and and, and owed it another chance, at least. Definitely. And to be fair, I'd only seen The Dark Knight. I had not seen the first or the third. Okay. And so Mike did a watch of the full trilogy. And we're going to hear his take. We're not going to give it away right now, obviously. All I can say is I did a full Batman watch. And my my opinions are genuinely my opinions. And they are no one else's opinions, apparently. Wow. And it's just, I don't know. I don't get it. And I can't wait to talk about it. Oh, my God. I mean, if this little tease is anything to anyone, we all know that Mike has lost his goddamn fucking mind, and I'm having a conniption over here already. Superhero movies are just a thing where it's like, I almost feel like it seems like I'm just trying to troll people on purpose, but like, I don't look at the scores, and then like every time I go to rate it, I'm like, oh my god, this is exactly the opposite of what I thought. I don't really know what I'm missing. Oh my god. Anyway, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So number five for me, Batman Forever. Mine is, um, I'm also going to the 90s. And this is a movie I'd never seen. I'd, I've heard about it, but it's like the circumstances are a little bit weird about how it was released. And I just didn't know. And again, obviously, I'm not the one like jumping to see superhero movies. But I uh, obviously, like I said, wanted to do a full rewatch. And I, even though this one is still kind of overrated, I think it's interesting, and I don't think I think of all the movies we're going to talk about, probably it's the one seen the least. So this is 1993's Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. I literally wish you could see my face right now. Why don't you describe your face for our? I am just shaking my head, palm in my face. Come on, guy. You're not a fan. You're not a fan. I mean, bro, has anyone ever seen this movie? Well, yeah, it's got it's got a lot of reviews. Eighty five percent Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's, you know, it was the only animated one until Lego Batman that was released in theaters. It is only 78 minutes. Okay, I'll fair. give you that. Okay, fair. I'm going to allow it. Mark Hamill is the Joker. That is fact. That is fact. And I respect the hell out of that. Pretty solid. Stacey Keach. I'm, I'm just giving you shit. I'm just giving you shit. I, I knew we'd start with a mic pick and here we are. I just, I mean, part of this one is definitely that it's 78 minutes, but it's, you know, it's, it's sure it's fun. It's and it's mostly I don't know I think it maybe it's maybe the most like you get into like sort of Batman's sort of romantic history I know in the nineties especially there's always like a love interest that he has in the in the movies but mm-hmm. yeah this one it like ties him becoming Batman like very very early days with this romantic relationship that he's had and all of those things are like popping up again in real life with this like mysterious villain that's appeared um and he it's kind of like trying to solve the mystery of who this thing is and if it's what it is because they're also targeting bad people so like you know no one really knows what to think about about this whole situation and it's a little bit yeah more of like a mystery in that way than than some of the other batman films i like this relationship that he has with this character andrea beaumont and um you know, the thing with I'm so happy that Mark Hamill plays the Joker, but like the Joker just kind of gets thrown in after like you're already set up with this other thing that I just told you. Um, they have some cool like gadgets. I think the Joker character is cool. I'm not sure it totally works in like the best possible way, but I think that there are 
I don't know, probably like three or four movies that I could have put here that I rate like mostly the same. I think of all of those, this is probably the one that people haven't seen. So, so definitely check it out. That's, you know what? That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. And it's, and it's honestly, it's a well-reviewed one. Like people like this one. A lot. Maybe yeah. even too much, honestly, but they, they really like it. So yeah. I mean, people love Batman. People love Batman. Yeah. It's, that's very much clear to me now. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Mike kicks us off. It's so funny. Like I was like, of course. I was like, before the episode in my head, I was like, Mike's definitely going to have Batman Mask of the Fantastic. (laughs) Just dead ringer right away. Kicks us off strong. That's his number five. All right. Number four. It's time to talk some Nolan, baby. Okay. All right. It's number four. It's 2005's Batman Begins. First of the trilogy, Mr. Nolan, you know, decides to bring Batman back from Batman and Robin and thank God switches up the formula goes to a less comic booky version of Batman that really to a degree just feels like a, a an action movie with Batman involved. I mean it just it changed the game. It changed the game. Christian Bale of course plays Batman and, or plays Bruce Wayne in this. We've got Michael Caine as Alfred. We've got Liam Neeson in this, Ken Watanabe, Katie Holmes, although, you know, she switches over to Maggie Gyllenhaal for Dark Knight. Of course, Gary Oldman is Jim Gordon. There's many more in the cast, but the two that we have to shout out is, of course, Morgan Freeman and the one and only Killian Murphy. So for me, this sort of kick re kickstarted my love for Batman. Batman growing up was always one of my favorite superheroes, maybe my favorite. And this to me, when it came out, I remember seeing it. I was like, whoa, this is really good. It wasn't like I didn't walk out and say, like, holy shit, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. But I was like, whoa, that was a really good Batman movie like this. We, we could have a good little trilogy on our hands here. And what what a great intro it was just just a different tone it just not campy at all a much more serious grittier cinematic version of batman and it all starts here you know this is a bit of a bit of the origin story well we're not going to have a major controversy here i mean you're not going to agree with everything i'm saying but i'm not going to shit on batman begins okay. okay first time watch best of the trilogy just he's a, he's a fucking madman right there already. Let me just say, Katie Holmes is absolutely terrible. So I'm very glad we got rid of her. <laughs> She's awful. But but Michael Caine, I mean, a, a no brainer choice for Alfred, right? That, that's that's there can't up. be a better Alfred. You know, I love Gary Oldman. I love Killian Murphy, and I like Scarecrow quite a bit. I wish Scarecrow got a little bit more love across all of the films. I I you know what? That's something we can agree on, Mike. Scarecrow, very cool villain. Killian Murphy does a great job. I. I always appreciate Nolan's commitment to using practical effects. I'm going to give it that. Okay, okay. You know, the the first act, like really 40 minutes is like, you know, it's really told like in flashback and sort of montage, which I don't like love. But this is a movie that I can watch and say, look, this isn't my bag. I'm not like a gigantic Batman fan, obviously. But yeah, this is totally fine. I enjoy it. Wow. what a What a nice review from Mike. What a guy graciously telling us that Batman Begins is okay. You know what? 
we're 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 similarly aligned in this. Katie Katie Holmes is not great, so no. I I am not a big fan of casting changes, but it but it was okay for this one. I I, I agree with you across the board. Hate casting changes, but when I saw this one, I was like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, I kind of get this. I so, feel bad saying it, but yeah, it is not her best. Yeah, it's it's nothing against Katie Holmes. Just you know, she wasn't right for the part. She wasn't right for the part. Anyways, it's a good origin story. Batman Begins, number four. Okay, my number four, also kind of an origin story, and I'm going to 89. Hey! Just Batman. Just Batman. So I'm assuming this is not on your list, right? This is not on my list. Okay, great. So 89 Batman, I mean, this had been the first movie since 66, Um, really only the second movie overall. As we've said, it started a block of Batmans throughout the 90s. Tim Burton directing off the back of Beetlejuice. Michael Keaton as the Batman. Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Kim Basinger is, a, is our sort of female lead. Love me, We love some Kim Basinger on the pod. Somewhat inexplicably, Billy D. Williams is Harvey Dent, which sounds awesome, except that he's like never in the movie. He's in it for like two scenes. And you're like, that was a missed opportunity. I wanted more Lando Calrissian. Um, okay. So this is, uh, yeah, it's early days Batman. It's like kind of just into him starting... Jack Nicholson starts out as like a gangster and then he becomes the Joker based on uh, getting thrown into like some acid. And then they have like a whole a whole thing from there. Um, And the thing about this movie is like up until the point that I just said, I'm like not really sure about the movie. There's a lot of like side characters that kind of drive the narrative in the beginning. They like aren't that memorable or likable and don't really hang around that long, which is sort of good because. After that, it's interesting to see Tim Burton, who like admittedly is not a Batman fan, just sort of interpret some of like the crazy imagery of it. Like this just gives you scenes that you're not going to get any other any, any other Batman movie, you know, like where the Joker is like in the museum and he like does like a three minute dance and spray paint of all the like artwork, you know, um, there's like a big like parade scene um, and, and that kind of thing. There's like all this like weird like news newsroom scenes that keep like happening over and over again there's just a lot of interesting stuff related to mostly imagery i would say that i think is worthwhile this movie won the academy award for best art direction so even when narratively i'm like not in love with the movie having now seen all of them this one sort of stands alone i think um yeah in terms of what you're actually seeing on the on the screen okay okay all i've been wanting to say this whole time I'm I'm not about this Batman. That's that's harsh. I I don't think Keaton's a bad Bruce Wayne. I actually think he's a pretty good Bruce Wayne. But this for me, like for you, I guess we're gonna get into some. I mean, we're obviously gonna get into some disagreement if you think Batman Begins is the best of the Dark Knight trilogy. But for me, it's like this is a pretty well reviewed Batman. I did have you know I did like it as a kid. But rewatching it, I was it was a bit cringy for me, like just I don't know. It just didn't age that well. I think Nicholson's an OK Joker, definitely not like one of the best. And I think Nicholson's the fucking man. Basinger's good. I think Basinger does a good job in this. She's the best. This is peak Kim Basinger era. I love it. Yes, I agree that. By the way, when I say that I like straight up am not into the movie, I don't actually like hate the movie or anything but it's it's not one of my it's obviously not on my top five it's not one of my favorites i just think it's aged poorly of all 
89 through current day. Obviously, the most recent ones aren't going to look the same, but we'll just even say 89 through 97. I thought that hilariously, the front and tail end of that has aged the poorest. I think 97, Batman and Robin, and this one, Batman, both did not age well. I think Batman Returns works a little better for me, and Batman Forever as well works works a bit better for me. And I don't know, there was something about this one that just... It didn't click for me. I didn't again. I didn't love Nicholson's Joker and I I love Nicholson, but it just it it felt a little bit boring to me. The movie I was a little bit bored. Can we talk about how Prince did the soundtrack, though? I mean, is that that does that sway you in any way that that that, look you go up a little notch there? But I mean, that's worth a little notch. That's all I'm saying. But I mean, I've got I've got Zimmer doing doing Nolan's ones, and it's one of the greatest scores I've ever seen put to film. So do I care that much if Prince did some music for this? Wow. one? I mean, very sorry. harsh, very, very sorry. harsh. Sorry, not sorry. Wow. OK. Wow. I'm trying to I'm trying to stir the pot right now. Well, why don't you get to your number three so I can continue to stir? OK, well, get fucking stirring because number three is 2012's The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, right. OK. I think this movie is super underrated. Um, underrated. It's a tough word because obviously people like the movie. But when it came out, you had the hype of probably the most beloved superhero movie of all time the dark knight at least in the critical and universal you know people of the world sense maybe not mike's sense but you follow it up with with the end of the trilogy and i think unfortunately between what happened when the movie came out in theaters there was the shooting in aurora colorado which was absolutely awful as well as just sky high expectations i feel like this one got not shit on because it has good reviews it has an unbelievable audience score but like nobody thinks it's as good as the dark knight that's that's i guess what i'll say about it and and for me it's close man i love this movie i think you know tom hardy gets a hard time for his portrayal of bane i think he did a good job i think anne hathaway is great in this and i'm not the biggest anne hathaway fan i think she does a good job i mean we have our mainstays again we have michael Caine, we have gary oldman we have morgan freeman I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a great Robin. I think he's awesome throughout this. And obviously, you know, he hasn't revealed his Robin until the very end, but I think he does a great job. Uh, this this film, I think, has two of my absolute favorite scenes in the entire series, two of the most chill-inducing scenes in movies. And, and again, I will contend that there is a chance. I mean, well, we know it's in my we know it's in my top five, but... If you listen to our top five movie endings episode, Dark Knight Rises, I think it's one of the greatest movie endings of all time. I mean, and, and you're ending a trilogy, but there's the scene, the rise scene with the epic Hans Zimmer score building up where Bruce Wayne is climbing out of the the deep circular pit and everyone below him is cheering. And it's just like such a such an unbelievable moment and sort of a full circle moment, too, given that, you know, he fell down this well when he was a boy and you know he had to be carried out and now as a man uh pretty much you know with the weight of the world on his shoulders he has to 
gather the strength to climb out himself. It's it's pretty incredible, you know, a little bit of symbolism right there. But uh, and then the ending. I mean, endings are hard, man. And and Christopher Nolan, if if there's a few things he's a master at, one of them, in my opinion, is the ending and the ending montage. And you know, films are meant these type of films, these big budget films, they're meant to be seen in the theater. And Nolan creates moments that seeing in a theater, you'll never forget those moments. And in a moment that I will never, ever forget, I still get chills every time I see it because of the memory of the multiple times I saw it in theater. When you're watching that ending montage and you're going through the motions, first of all, first you get the Robin reveal, then you get the reveal of, you know, Morgan Freeman finds out, oh, wait, someone already fixed what is it like the the sh- the ship that you know Batman was on? Who was it? Oh, it was Bruce Wayne. He sort of gets oh, and then all of us in the audience wait. Is Batman still alive? Because we thought that he he had died. And then of course, I mean, you're flashing. You're getting towards the very end. The the, the Hans Zimmer score is building up. It's building, and then we see Alfred sitting at a at a cafe somewhere in Europe. And he lifts his eyes and stares directly at the screen and they go wide. And he just gets just Michael came, by the way, what a master just gets the, the slightest bit of a smile. And we just see fucking Bruce Wayne on the other end sitting at this cafe with Anne Hathaway. I will never forget. I went twice opening weekend and both times the crowd was getting more and more rowdy as the like montage was going like the Robin reveal, the Morgan Freeman and when his face shows on the screen, the place near went nuts. It was like a concert in there. And it's like these are these are moments you can never replicate. And it's just the man's a master. It's it's unbelievable. And then, of course, just ending with the fucking Robin sort of on the platform rising up. He's going to take the reins and and be Gotham's protector from now on. It's just, it's too much for me. It's too much. I have chills right now describing it. I have chills. It's unbelievable. Maybe it should be number one. I don't even know, but it's number three. Um. Okay. Well, I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks like Robin. Uh, I'm going to give the movie that. It looks wow. like he was born just, to play Robin. I can't. I uh, can't. And the rest of the movie, I just don't even give a fuck. I never cared even one second watching this movie. How is that possible? And then I was like, wait, is Batman going to die? That would be fantastic. And then he didn't die. It's like, oh, fuck. How is that possible? What could you possibly not like movie? from this it's movie? So, it's just so forgettable. What happened? Bane came, then he almost won, and then he didn't win. Okay. What's great. memorable about Batman from 89? I just, I gave you all these great moments that it has. That's what I'm saying. Even narratively, it's not that good, but it has like really cool art direction in it that I think is good. Oh, my God. You're talking about print scores. How about the score in this? I just, it's the other thing is that it's 900 hours long. So I just, I don't, it's literally 80 minutes of fatness that I was like, what what am I watching? I don't care. This is such a forgettable film. I don't care. I can't even believe that people, I didn't even know that people didn't like Tom Hardy's performance. Have you seen the Batman and Robin? That's the only other Bane that we have. Oh my God. Tom Hardy's good in this. Harsh. Harsh. Honestly, I was so done with the trilogy, but I made this movie. I was just like, this is just, I don't even. The ending of The Dark Knight is so bad that I was like, I would never want to watch this movie if I wasn't being forced to do you it. You are actually insane. I just want everyone to take everyone take that sound clip. The ending of The Dark Knight was so bad. What? I absolutely. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everything I have to say about it has been said because I'm 
you know, 14 years late, but like, God, oh my God, that movie. Oh my God. Oh my God. We just need to go to your number three. Cause I need a moment to, if people ever wanted us arguing an entire episode, this is the one. All right. Well, I'll tell you about a real film. Okay. Are we going back to just... the 1940s? No, 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 no. I don't really consider those films because they were just like serials shown in theaters. I just want to say right here, while we're in the middle, if you're here, I'm about to give you three movies that I think are, are cut above all the rest. Three movies I legitimately enjoy, and, and I'm, I'm going to be happy to talk about them. I will continue to shit on The Dark Knight once we get there. Wow. But I, I want to make it clear also that I'm not one of those people that's like, fuck these movies. I hate that they exist. I love that they exist. I love that people are going to see them in the theater. You're keeping the theaters open. God bless you. I genuinely don't get it. I don't want to be competitive for no reason. I genuinely just don't understand. But you do you. Okay. All that said, my number three is the Lego Batman movie. You know what? That was my number six, my first honorable, considered putting it in at number five. So I, I can get behind this. You know, people have been telling me, you know, for the last five years to watch this movie, regardless of whether you really like superhero movies. And I've obviously just been like, eh, I don't really know. And I was just really, really surprised with how good it is. I think it does a great job, you know, being a fun movie in itself, kind of, you know, crazy in that respect, but fun nonetheless. Um, and perfectly, you know, poking fun at all the other movies, uh, as well as like various pop culture things, you know? Well, it's kind of, it's like kind of spoofing Batman while also being a Batman film. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's super fast. It's, it's 104 minutes, but it feels like about six minutes. Like it's just, it's just a wild ride. Um, the cast is fucking amazing. I think Will Arnett does a great job, but Michael Sarah as Robin's a smart choice. I mean, Rosario Dawson, who I just love in there. Jenny Slate as Harley Quinn. That's just like such a funny idea to like cast her as that. I just think it's great. And I think the animation's really cool as well. Like I like the the Lego animation and how it looks, but I also like how it's, you know, used and kind of baked into the plot and they have a lot of action seeds surrounding or using Legos. The characters are using Legos, I guess is what I mean to say. And it just has really consistent, you know, constant laughs throughout. I had a really great time watching this movie. You know what? I think that is a is a great take. I was also I was just very surprised, honestly, by how much I loved it. Not because I didn't think I'd like it because I liked the Lego movie a lot, but I'd heard that like it was good, but not great and whatever. And and I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty great. I thought it was an incredibly fun time at the movies, laughing from the literally from the opening like credits on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, it was a hell of a good time. Lego Batman. Very, very fun. Lego freaking Batman. Number three. My number two, which I have to say has a chance to become number one, but it needs a little bit more time to sit. Ooh, here it is. 2022's The Batman. Wow. I think this is the first time ever a spotlight's made it to the list, right? Yeah. Momentous occasion. All Big the way occasion. Up to number two. All the way. And I mean it. I walked out and I said, that might be my favorite Batman ever. But I don't want to make the call too early. I feel like it needs any movie that you get that high on right away. I think needs to stand the test of time. I think I need to be able to say that in a year. That's how I sort of feel with some of these. Sometimes you can just make the make the hot take, 
but it was one of those things where it's it's very close to my number one and i just think i need a little bit more space from it and and think about it in the sense of the overall batman canon just because i am a big fan of batman big batman guy to see if it really is to see if it really is and and i and it might be but for now it's sitting at number two my god was i impressed everyone I went into this movie with zero expectations with that set with being a big Batman guy. The DC universe has not been great. You know, I thought Wonder Woman was good. There's been one or two of their other films that I've I've found watchable and a, a decent time. But overall, as a guy that does like superhero movies, I mean, Marvel is just king and they have a much better track record in my book. Batman's coming out. I love Pattinson. I actually have to say like prior to the movie, like I was like, I I really like Robert Pattinson. I think he's been doing all these sort of like indie flicks over the past five years, building up his street cred. And now he does this. And I, and I love, I I love Zoe Kravitz. So I was into the past, into the, wow, into the past, into the cast, as well as Colin Farrell, who again is unrecognizable in this. But uh, I went in, three-hour movie, which, if you know me, I love a good long movie. Don't trim any fucking fat for me. Give me it all. And holy fucking shit, I walked out of this theater beyond blown away. I'm just going to say it right now. I think Pattinson's the best Batman of all time in terms of his portrayal. He does so little in this movie, though. And I'm not saying I disliked it, but he's doing so much less than a lot of other people. So when I say best Batman, I, I want to clarify this. I am not necessarily saying he's the best Bruce Wayne, but he is the best in the suit for me. Without question, I think he looks the best in the suit. I think he sounds the best in the suit. I just fucking love the man. And, you know, Zoe Kravitz, I hope they expand her role a little bit in the next one. But I still think she was very good in this. I mean, Colin Farrell, I don't know why you needed Colin Farrell because like it's he is truly unrecognizable. And I kept trying to see, can I see his eyes? Can I see something? I couldn't even tell. But it was, I mean, great character. Jeffrey Wright was great as, as Gordon. Let's just talk about Paul Dano for a second. He's the man. Paul Dano's the man. He's the man from Connecticut. I believe Wilton, Connecticut, by the way, where, really? you know, Emil is wow. from. Shout out to Amazing. Emil. Holy Shit, was he unbelievable as the Riddler. I was terrified by him. Incredible villain. You know, Taturo's Taturo. Andy Serkis was fucking great as Alfred, I have to say. Really, really good. I was impressed. And I just loved everything about this movie. I loved that it was sort of like a dark detective movie. Like, it sort of reminded me of, like, to a degree of, like, if Seven met Batman world. I really dug the overall sort of sort of like the neo-noir tone a little bit of the emo vibe which you know i always i loved that whole thing growing up i really thought there was nothing wasted in this film you know some people say oh they could have cut out 30 minutes i mean could they have maybe but i was fucking entertained from start to finish the only like I don't know if I'd call this a critique, but the only thing that almost made me laugh was I felt like there was like four endings. Like I was watching Lord of the Rings fellow uh, Return of the King again, but I didn't mind it because when it ended, one of my buddies, Andrew Masters, big shout out to Masters, 
you know, turned to me and he goes, I could have watched 10 hours of that. And I, I couldn't agree more. I could have never left my seat. Just the world, the way it looked, the way they built it, the characters. I thought it was exactly what I wanted out of a Batman world finally put to screen. That middle ground of it did feel like a little bit more comic booky than the Dark Knight trilogy, but a dark tone for being comic booky, if that makes sense. And I just absolutely loved it. They they knocked it out of the park for me. I'm I'm just raving. I thought it was incredible. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Bring it on. Pattinson is Batman. Let's fucking go. Okay. So I I mean Paul Dano's great. Love him and everything. And I like John Turturro quite a lot in this movie as well. Agreed on Andy Circus. Uh, uh, also agreed that we didn't need Colin Farrell, but goddamn, I love Colin Farrell. He's the that's something we can always agree on. We love Colin Farrell, and I like that. Like, I'm excited that he got to play the character. You know what I mean? Like, I'm excited for him as an actor. I think he really enjoyed it. Um, and the thing about this movie is, while some people, shout out masters, could enjoy this for ten hours, I can enjoy it for about ninety five minutes because the first half of it is just seven, just seven, and you're like, okay, I could do this. It's seven. Robert Pattinson's, you know, doing his detective thing. It's very dark. I feel like we finally, you know, it's been 20 years that we've been saying, hey, we need more dark Batmans. But like, we finally made one really dark. Like, let's do it. Serial killers. Okay, I'm in. And then we just sort of abandoned that and it just kind of become superhero stuff again. And I was like, okay, I gotta go. And then when it had like 65 endings, like I was just itching to leave the theater. I was like, this needs to, this needs to be done. So I kind of like the direction. I like a lot of the performances. I like the look of it. I just, I feel like they kind of gave up on it. You know, it just, it just ended up being more superhero type stuff that I was used to at the end. And I was, wasn't, I wasn't nearly as interested in that part as I was the first part. Did I hate it? No, I just thought the first half was a lot more engaging. You know what? I respect the take. I'd agree that like, if you had a gun to my head about like my favorite part of the movie, I would also agree that the first half I liked more than the second. So there's, there's a bit of agreement there. Yeah, I just, you know, it's hard for me, like, you know, in that last hour and a half, there's like a, I don't know, what felt like about 40 minutes of exposition about like, who's corrupt and who's the, killed the dad. And I, I don't really know who any of those people are, nor do I care. It doesn't matter to me. And then we get like our final superhero battle, which like, you know, shocker, Batman won. And like, just none of that really moves me. I don't know. I, you know what? I'm going to allow it. So that's my thing. It's it's not too long because it's three hours. It's too long because I just wasn't interested in the second half of the movie. Okay. Well, people, see it for yourself and then talk to us. Definitely. Definitely see it. I mean, it's too big not to see. And I just have to say, even though I think this is the best quote unquote dark Batman, as you will see from the, the top of my list, I don't understand why we need a dark Batman. I don't like superhero movies are profoundly silly to me. And I just don't understand why they can't embrace their silliness. And I'm the only one that likes that, which is why my number two is Batman and Robin. Oh, I rewatched Batman and Robin yesterday God. and absolutely loved it. Oh, my God. And it was slaying in my house. It was the classic. Like my wife was watching out of the corner of her eye and she was dying. Like we, I, we it was just slaying. Well, it's nonstop laughs because of how outrageous it is. It's so unbelievably good. And truthfully, like, yeah, that's just this thing. I just find it silly. And I know people don't like that because they think it's, you know, it's meaningful to them. And I don't mean that to like, I'm not trying to like demean what people like. I like a lot of stuff that other people don't like. And I think that's great. But for me, I just can't ever get behind like the action. I just don't really, it doesn't 
do much. But at least these movies really, really make me laugh. And Batman and Robin is just high camp at, at, at such a fun, such a fun level. I mean, all the characters, all the storylines are just fantastic. We all know it's Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. How you're not pressing play, I honestly don't know. I have no idea at this point. I can I can absolutely watch the movie. It's terrible in my eyes. And and you know, Mike, I love movies that are so bad that I can just laugh the whole time because it's just straight camp or straight ridiculousness. And so in that sense, I can enjoy this. And I don't think that every superhero movie has to be dark, despite my love of these specific movies being dark. But there is a difference sometimes between dark and just an all out camp fest. And I don't necessarily want my Batman to be a camp fest. Well, that's that's great. Yeah, but you enjoyed it, which I that's what movies are all about, baby. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, I don't want to denigrate your movies. I just think the all out camp fest is what I'm into. And so that's your Batman. This is my Batman. And this is that. I mean, but I also think, you know, I also think Mr. Freeze is a good villain. Like he has a lot of character. He has like cool weapons. He has a great backstory. Um, he's very shiny and glittery, which I think is just hilarious. Like agreed. But then Uma Thurman, easily my favorite villain of any Batman movie. Wow, as Poison Ivy. I love Poison Ivy, but like she's just so over the top, like femme fatale. And it's the same <laughs> where she has a backstory, she has a lair, she has all these like crazy not gadgets, but like weapons, let's say. Then like you said, you're kind of your fourth or fifth lead. Alicia Silverstone just shows up like halfway in the movie. And you're like, what? This is great. And her, She's great, honestly. Her storyline is just that she races motorcycles. Yes. yes. Why not? Might be my favorite part of the movie, along with Arnie. I'll give you Arnold and Uma are both great. And Arnold as Mr. Freeze is one of my most memorable villains as well. Um, and obviously at the end, spoiler alert. He kind of does good at the end. Yes. And you get the Alfred storyline where he's like dying the whole yeah, time. Where he's dying. Yes, yes. You get two members of the Deadly Viper assassination squad. Vivica A. Fox just shows up randomly. Wow. Epic, epic reference. But like, can we just say how outrageous? Like if you start this movie, the first literally two minutes, it's cackling, cackling, showing them getting into the suits and like showing the butts of the suits yes. and then like. And the suits have nipples. The suits have nipples. The ridiculous line from what does Alfred say to Robin? I forget, but it's just oh, too good. Oh, about the like, pizzas, right? Like, I'll yes. Put- oh, I'll, I'll cancel the pizzas, I guess. Yes. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I'm just surprised. I, I really think that this movie offends people. It shouldn't offend people. I'll give you that. But don't you think like is a 12% Rotten Tomatoes, 16% audience. Don't you feel like other movies that have this same over-the-top camp tone are liked more universally than this one? Totally. I think this movie's would be really fair to have like a 50-60% like average. Exactly. I just think people, they want something totally different from the franchise and therefore they're not giving this a fair shake. Totally valid. You have your opinion. But this one, I mean, 12%, come on, come on. This has a lot of fun to it. Wow. Wow. Mike's just throwing takes out. And you know what? This one I'm here for. I love to hear it. Even though I don't think it's one of the best, the reasoning's just very sound. Let's fucking go. Number two, Batman and Robin for Mike. So here we are. Number one. Oh my God. Number one. I just don't understand, Mike. You just, you slam me, my friend, because it's obviously 2008's The Dark Knight. 
one of the greatest movies ever made. Not only and 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 I don't even consider it really deeply a superhero movie. It's just a fucking great movie. That opening scene, one of the greatest opening scenes in cinema. I mean, with all the all the jokers killing each other until we're just left with Heath. Heath died for this role. That's, Rest in peace. Well. Rest in peace. And I'll tell you this, nothing was worth dying for. Wish he was still here. But god damn it, did he give the performance of the decade. I mean, it was unbelievable. The whole thing, start to finish, was a cinematic masterpiece. The ending is incredible with the speech from Gordon as Batman is driving away and then the motorcycle goes out. We cut to black. We get the Dark Knight against the screen. Every theater across America for months, everyone at the end of that was was fucking cheering their faces off. It just, it was unreal. And it's like, everyone is so good in this. From all the cast that we've already talked about that are in all of them, to, of course, Heath Ledger is the Joker. You know, again, we said Maggie Gyllenhaal coming in and being Rachel now. Uh, what's his face as, uh, as Two-Face? Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent. It's great. Like, and hey, my, my, one of my favorite Lost alums, Nestor Carbonell as the mayor, who played, of course, Richard Alpert in Lost. And we even get some Eric Roberts and some Anthony Michael Hall. Just, just shouting out names. Just shouting out names. But who cares about the names? They all kill it. The thing is, this movie is amazing. And I will admit that I love the new Batman so much. And I actually think. This movie, along with the other two Nolans, are the least comic book of any comic book movies ever made. That there's a part of me that that likes the tone of of the Batman a little bit more. So again, it's sort of in contention. There, it's very close for me. I walked out of it saying I think it might be my favorite ever. But the Dark Knight, I'm sitting on for 14 years now, and I still think it's one of the better movies ever made. So. I have to put it at the top. There's a chance it could be dethroned for me, but it's just unbelievable. So, you know, I'm willing to admit that The Dark Knight Rises was just so unbearably boring that I probably never would be able to give it a fair shake. Batman Begins, yeah, I'm here for it. The Batman, yeah, I'm here for it. This is just not a good film. (laughs) I just, I'm so confused having rewatched it. It's worse than I remembered. Like, it's... Oh, my God. I'm saying this from a state of just complete confusion. Like, I literally just don't even know. I don't know what people are watching. Like, it, it's just nothing appealing about it. I mean, not to be, that's not true. The first half, again, is, like, somewhat forgivable. And then it's just, like, I don't know. It's two hours of, like, you know, everything the Joker does is perfect for two hours. Every single thing he does is amazing. But there's no drama there. There's no like back and forth. There's no like man to man. It's just like whatever. And then like the third act is just, I don't know. It's just a total mess. Like I don't understand. Like the guy kills the one's girlfriend. He doesn't even care. He gets mad at Batman instead. Then, you know, the whole he's got to be the Dark Knight. Why? We have no idea. We just made that up. We didn't justify it in any way. The Joker thing, like it kind of goes out with a dud. Like I feel like it was just going to be a little bit more after all that buildup with the Joker. He's just sort of like, ah, 
this time he got defeated, I guess. And that was the end of it. Well, the thing was, he was supposed to be back in the third. Okay, well, fair enough. But like, that's, that's, I still get to judge the movie based on that. I'm sorry. Like, I, I understand that real life happens, but like. That is the only thing I will give you is that I would have liked a little bit bigger of a Joker ending as well. Why, why doesn't Aaron Eckhart get mad at the Joker for killing his girl? I'm coming off. I'm coming off like eight Batmans in the last 24 hours. I'm. I just. I'm jumbled right now. Hold the Joker on. kills Maggie Gyllenhaal, and then Aaron Eckhart's only mad at Batman and and like the mayor or whatever. It doesn't make. And then why does he have to be the what the whole speech that you know? By I should have watched does. Dark Knight last so that I could have just fucking gone tit for tat with you right now. Why does he have to be the man that he doesn't want to be? Or what, why? I don't understand. And why does he kill? Why does he have to kill? I don't. I don't know. I, it's just like it's such a mess in the third act and it just leads me nowhere and i was just so like i don't even want to watch the dark knight rises because like this whole thing is just a mess like i don't really get it at all he fletcher's great he's really great i loved his performance i, I mean i know i that's not news to anybody but like it's yeah he is great i'm gonna give you that wow batman voice is completely ridiculous it, it's totally good it works in batman begins this one that's, that's like what i mean like when you just follow the voice from Batman Begins to this one and tell me you're not like cracking up at how silly this is. Like, it's just silly. Like, you can't you can't convince me that it's serious. It just doesn't work on me, you know? Okay. Well, that's fair for you that it doesn't work. It works for me, but like, I get what you're at least getting at with this one, which is why I said that I personally think Pattinson's the best in-suit Batman because I don't think his voice is silly, personally. I think every other Batman's voice, there's some level of like, all right, there's a little bit. There's a okay. Bit silly. I appreciate you granting me that. I think that's yeah. that's you know, and I I honestly like I don't want to go backwards, but like I'm a big fan of how little Robert Pattinson had to do in that film as not Batman. It was just incredible. I just love the idea that like people are in the theater and he just like says two words and they're just like going nuts for it. I love Robert Pattinson so much. So like big ups to you. <laughs> well, it's like you know what's so funny is that like a couple people said that to me. And maybe I'm a fucking nut job, but I thought I like someone said to me like, whoa, Pattinson like wasn't in the movie that much. And I was like, I thought he was in it a lot, but I guess I'm crazy. It's not. And I don't want to say like he's playing the character like he's doing. It's not like he's being lazy, like he's doing a thing and he's doing it well. And they obviously these are choices that everyone's agreed on. But like when you watch these other movies, he's doing so much less than what everybody else is doing. That's fair. Like the, like the others are maybe in it a lot more as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that's all. But yeah. I think it's great. I like that he's just like grumbling like a few words here and there. Why not? I'm for it. It's set in that fucking tone. It's set in that tone. Man, Pattinson. What a, what a G. He really is. I love that man. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sure everyone said all these things about the Dark Knight already, like 14 years ago. I, I genuinely just don't get it. I, I Nolan's a, a much better writer and director than what happens in the third act of this film. It's not me. It's not Mike, but you know what? It's me because it's number one. I'll tell you what is me. Let's let's hear it. We're going back where it all began. Oh my god! Oh my god! No! No! no. A film that simply hasn't been matched since. Oh my god! And. I mean, if Batman and Robin is high camp, I mean, this is just, I don't even know what to say. This is 1966, Batman, a.k.a. Batman, the movie. Oh, my God. This, I mean, I just, this is such a riot. Like, I just can't handle it. I could watch this movie anytime, and it just, I spent my whole, no, I spent my whole childhood thinking this was terrible, because that's what people told me, and then I watched it once in college, uh, possibly in Miles Annex. Wow. And 
great, great burgers, great burgers. <laughs> and I just absolutely, since that moment, I've just loved it. There's just so many gags in this movie. It's nonstop. It's by far the most fun Batman you're ever going to see. And, and even if you don't like Batman, this one, give me a fucking break. I mean, Robin just constantly saying like, holy Long John Silvers and holy Captain <laughs> Nemo. Uh, fucking, okay, step back because we haven't actually talked about the movie. Danny DeVito in some way looks like he was born to play the Penguin. And I'm not trying to be mean. Like, I, we love Danny DeVito. But, like, when you see him as the penguin, you're just like, wow, this guy is, like, so penguiny. Burgess Meredith, yes, Mickey from Rocky as the penguin in this movie is just incredible. Just incredible. Wow. And it's just, I can't even, I didn't, I'll read you a slightly paraphrased version of this, this line of dialogue where there, this is just after the beginning of the film happens and they're trying to figure out who the villain is going to be for the movie. So here's the exchange. Could be any one of them, but which ones? Pretty fishy what happened to me on that ladder. You mean where there's a fish, there could be a penguin? But wait, it happened at sea. Sea. Sea for Catwoman. Yet an exploding shark was pulling my leg. The Joker! Which all adds up to a sinister riddle. Riddle? Riddle-er? And then it's all four of them combined. Sensational. Absolutely brilliant parody of Batman. You can't get enough of it. There's so many more lines like that. It's nonstop. You know what? I will admit I did not get to see this start to finish because I could not find it anywhere where I didn't have to pay and I was being a cheap bastard this weekend. That's fair. That's fair. But I was able to watch a handful of clips online and I will admit that they were very fun. I'm like the last clip that I watched was when they are actually like getting the call back to like to essentially go out on like a mission and it's like they get back to the house they're running through they go into bruce's office and they're like oh you know click like the fucking secret button and the bookcase goes to the side and then it's like the sign that's like to go to the back cave go down these poles like <laughs> yes, yes. so yeah it was it was it seems like it's a fun time so i can, I can get behind it see so, you know i'm a little bit more uh a little bit more flexible than Mike when it comes to Batman films. It's there's literally, I mean, everything is like bat, like there's bat shark repellent and like super fine bat grain pictures. You know, the, the, the penguin buys a surplus submarine and Batman calls up. Like, I can't remember who it is. Like some general is like, Hey, have you sold any like surplus submarines lately? And he's like, why? Yes. And they're like, do you have a receipt? And he's like, yes, it's made out to P and Gwyn. Like, it's just lovely. I just could not get enough of this film. There you have it. 1966's Batman or Batman the movie. We've done it, my friend. You know, I feel like we also, we got to the root of where I am on superhero movies and why I disagree. Yeah, we did. You, I just like a sillier one. You like either some camp or just, just a different tone. You don't need the dark tone. You don't need the serious dark tone. I don't. You know what? It's fair. Movies, we all have our opinions, and Mike does not like the dark, serious superhero films. He wants he wants some camp if he's going to watch superheroes. That's that's it. Okay. Well, you know what, my friend? You might actually enjoy some of the Marvel films when we get there. Ooh. Okay. I'm excited now because yeah. I watched some of these other DC ones, like oh, Justice no. League oh, or no. whatever, and I was like, what the fuck is this? No. This the uh, 
the Marvels, while having maybe some serious stuff, they're they're lighter and they definitely like their their laughs. They definitely like their laughs. Uh, who knew? I'm 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 now excited. Yeah. So we'll get there. We'll get there. I know that's that's a long in the works topic. So that's 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 a little superhero tease out of this Batman centric episode. But we'll eventually have a top five Marvel. All right. Should we recap? Let's recap. So my number five is Batman Forever. My number four, Batman Begins. My number three, The Dark Knight Rises. My number two, The Batman 2022. And number one, The Dark Knight. Although, just saying, it's neck and neck with The Batman. Could be overtaken. Could be overtaken. Okay. My number five, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Number four, Batman from 89. Number three, The Lego Batman. Number two, Batman and Robin. Number one, Batman, the movie. Ten different Batman films in our in our top fives. Yeah, and I think we can agree, like slightly argue about what is a Batman film and what isn't, but we didn't hit Batman Returns. And I think that's the only one that's a guaranteed Batman film. And I wanted to touch on that one because I have to say that one had a big impact on me as a kid. And... The only ones I had on my honorables were Lego Batman and Batman Returns because I do think DeVito is an incredible penguin. And again, there was something for Returns that for me, there was a little bit more to it than just 89's Batman. Again, all personal taste. 89 has a slightly higher reviews, although they both have pretty good reviews, I have to say, from at least from the fans. I believe it's a 7.5 for 89 and, and a 7.1 for returns on IMDb. But uh, I don't know. I, I just I enjoyed this one a little bit more. I thought that they sort of settled into their flow. Keaton sort of settled into what he wanted to do with Batman. I think it looks a little better. I, I like the Penguin villain, and I thought it was a great portrayal of that. It's It's a little bit ridiculous similar to the 89 batman but but i think there's you know i think it has a place in the canon i I like it i think my my thing with returns is that it's it's sort of like forever where it's somewhere between like trying to take it seriously and trying to do camp so like you want either way yeah and by the end when like the penguins are being controlled with a radio device and shooting off rockets Mm -hmm. you're like i don't understand why this wasn't the entire film this is incredible and true you know, Danny DeVito, again, I mean, he could have been on our perfect cast episodes. He absolutely slays the penguin. Yep. And I love I love Michelle Pfeiffer in the beginning where it's like, you know, it's early 90s, right? So it's yep. coming off these like movies like Working Girl and stuff. And you still hear like struggling and you're like, oh, this is great. I love her character. And then it, like she just sort of becomes Catwoman like overnight and there's no real like connection. I feel like it's it's kind of missing a little bit for me. So there's a lot of great moments. I just don't love the film really. You know what? I can understand that. I'm with you on Pfeiffer throughout the film. You you couldn't have said it better. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Like uh, for so for you, 89's Batman. Do you consider in that regard less campy? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Okay. You know what it is? It's like it's less campy, but it's all Tim Burton. So like it's a weird mixture of tones, but I feel like he pulls it off. Whereas, like, just in that cycle, right? By the time you make it to Batman and Robin, obviously, it's like just full on. That I mean, yeah, it's it's literally full on. I guess okay. Otherwise, on the list, I know, like, yes, that would probably be 
the one other no question. Obviously, like Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice from 2016, some people would consider a Batman movie. It's a bit of a dual film, so I don't think it's like, like if you loved it, it would be valid for the list. But I think Batman looks absolutely ridiculous in this movie, like in not a good way. So I watched this one as well, and I don't, I didn't, I really, I mean, I was, you know, have given all the opinions that I've just said about the other films, by the time I got to this one, I was like, oh man, I didn't like this. I bet everybody loved it. But then I saw other people didn't like it either. So yeah, no, this, this one wasn't very good to me. I, I do think like I went in thinking it was going to suck because I just, again, I, I'm not big on the DC films until now this, this new Batman, which I think is incredible, but I, I think this movie's okay. I mean, and when I say okay, it wasn't absolute dog shit, but it also wasn't great. And I think Batman looks dumb in the suit. I don't really love the story. So I guess at the end of the day, it wasn't really my movie. No, I it, it's it's like the story is like, what is the story? I know I don't really understand why Batman and Superman don't really like each other. Me like, either. They never, they never really sell that. And no. then they're just like every now and then when the movie stalls, they're like, well, how can we get out of this? And Ben Affleck just Googles something effectively. And he's like, oh, OK. And it's like, what? You know, like they just didn't think of any story aspects to it. They were like, look, they'll fight and that'll be the whole movie. Like, I don't really get it. It's I don't I don't really get it at all either. And Justice League is that way, too. Mind you, I didn't watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. I just watched the original version. And it's the same where it's like there's barely any story or like character development. They were like, these guys will just fight and it'll be fine. And it wasn't. No, it was it was not fine at all. Dear Lord is all I'll say there. Yeah, and it's like otherwise there's not really I'd say 66 is really the first true movie because the earlier the ones in the 40s, the 43 Batman and the 49 Batman and Robin is more like a like didn't didn't they get released sort of as like like a film series cuz they they there's a bunch like they're very long. They're like yeah, over they're four serials hours. that were shown in a theater but like one at a time, right? So they're like 20 right. minutes a piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like those don't real. I mean, they, they count within the Batman canon, but not as a movie. Yeah. And then there's just like probably like fucking 50 or 100 like direct to TV. I mean, yeah, like direct to video animated only ones. Right. There's like yep. a million of those. I don't even know what they are. But hey, I, you know, overall, Batman's had a really interesting ten tenure on the screen so far. Because it's really gone all different ways, you know? You started with extreme campiness. Then they sort of went a little bit more serious and then like a mix. And then they went full camp. And then they just went the complete other direction and just went as, you know, serious and regular a film as you could go. And then they mixed in some some real comic bookiness with, some more camp and and hilarity with Lego Batman. And now we're back at dark Batman, but comic booky with the Batman. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, it feels like something like the tone of say 89 Batman is still possible. Yeah. There, I mean the tone of Batman and Robin's not coming back. No, that's gone. Or it's I mean, it, it seems like it's gone forever, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see, but man, I, we really fucking went deep on Batman today. We really did. We've been, we've been talking a while. Yeah. I feel like if people really like Batman, I, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I feel like we covered most of it. So we really did. Unsurprisingly, very different tastes in Batman, but 
Very. And hey, it's been sort of teased on the pod for 80 some odd episodes. I think this is episode 83. Like it's been teased since the beginning about Mike and our dear friend Christopher Nolan and his Dark Knight trilogy. And you know what, guys, you got you got your takes. You got your takes, whether you like them or not. Please explain to me what I'm missing. I'm going to do I'm going to do a fucking dissertation on what you're missing. I would love that. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry to everyone that I couldn't go harder at him in the in the episode. My my memory is not the best and I I've have a lot of Batman on my mind right now, but it's coming. It's fucking coming when you least expect it, Mike. I can't wait. I can't wait. Anywho, thanks for sticking with us for the episode. Hope you dug it. If you want to talk more Batman, Hit us up on Twitter at Top Dives. Hit us up on Instagram at Top Fives and Deep Dives. If you never have, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Just go go to our thing. Give us five stars. Write a real quick blurb. It helps us to get noticed. And again, I know I said it earlier in the in the pod at the very beginning, but if you've never checked out our Patreon and you really like the podcast, we put so much bonus content on there. I think you'd really enjoy it. So give it a look. Of course, no pressure, but if you are into it it's very cheap either a dollar a month or three dollars a month unlocks different stuff and we have a really fun time on there with 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 our patrons so check it and uh we're looking forward to next week we've got a very fun episode coming up so get excited and we'll see you soon peace out top fives and deep dives with town of ptm top fives and deep dives with town of ptm top fives and deep dives with town of ptm top fives and deep dives with town of ptm my favorite director would have to be martin scorsese Followed by Quentin Tarantonius. Should we go? This suits have nipples.